turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Are you a Christian? What kind of signs follow you then? Let's talk about that next on Times of Refreshing. So here's a question. What is it that marks you out as a believer in Christ? Are there signs that follow you? Are there indicators that say, yeah, you are a Christian? Well, there is a list here in Mark chapter 16, and for some it's controversial. We're going to take a look at them today anyway. Please join us here in Mark 16 towards the end of the chapter as we take a look at a message called Signs of the Believer. This is Times of Refreshing from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Again, we find ourselves in Mark chapter 16 as our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, begins today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. These scriptures, for those who believe in the the power of the Spirit of God, these scriptures are probably very familiar, and in in some ways they're controversial, but I'm hoping today that God really gives us some insight into these these, these verses here because they're necessary for the believer. And I want to talk to you this morning about the signs of the believer. The signs of the believer. And how there are certain signs that follow you as a believer. They should follow you as a believer. But what we want to do is we want to accept our inheritance and allow them to be made, to be manifest uh, in and through us. We want to allow God to do what he wants to do. There's so many promises and blessings that God has in store for us that we're not taking advantage of. And I want to stir you up today, and, and I believe that God's going to do something here. Mark chapter 16, verse 14, on down to 20. Jesus has just been resurrected from the dead. He appears to two disciples, and then after this, he comes in and he begins to talk to his apostles. Look at this in verse 14. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. This is one of the things I love about God. Is that Je- Jesus Christ, he, and I don't want to make, make sure I say this right. He is purposeful. He's, he's not emotional as much as he is purposeful. He's not emotional. as a, He is emotional. But his emotion line up his emotions line up with the purposes of God. Jesus he he sweat blood, he wept, but then he got up and kept doing what his father told him to do. Amen. He was purposeful. This hurts me, but I'm going forward. And so when he sees his disciples here in unbelief and their hearts are their hearts are becoming hard, hardened to the purpose of God, he doesn't just sit there and just talk to them. He comes to them and he sets them straight. The Bible says that in verse 14 that he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they not, did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
And so in one, one sentence, he rebukes their unbeliefs and he says, now get up and go. Get up and fulfill the purpose of God that's on your life. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Awesome. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then after the Lord has spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying of signs. Amen. Now, there are four things that I want to hit here as far as signs are concerned. Now, number one, before we, before we get to the signs, we have to realize that it is very clear through Scripture that these signs follow their believer. They're coming after the believer. They're following you. They're with you. They're following you. But understand this. If you do not have these signs, it doesn't mean that you're not a believer. And I want to make this clear because sometimes people say, well, if you're not doing these things, then you must not be a believer. No, that's not the case. You can be a believer in Jesus Christ, love God, and all these things and not necessarily have these signs. But, but it is a sign to you and others that you're not taking advantage of your covenant rights of the benefits that God has died, that Jesus Christ has died to give you. And this is important. These signs are following you. Now it's our responsibility to believe them, to accept them, to ask God to manifest them because it is my covenant right as a believer. These, in fact, these signs are following me. They're with me. I just have to allow them to, to manifest themselves and believe that if God said that I can do these things, then, then surely I can do them by the power that he supplies. And so I want to make that perfectly clear to everyone here. You may say, well, I'm a believer. I love God. I'm not practicing these things. These things are uh, manifesting themselves in my life. And my, 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 my response to you would be, that's fine, but that's not God's fault. Because God is, this is what he, this is what Jesus died for. And this is your covenant right to experience these things in your life. The first thing that he says here, and I love this, is found in verse 17. And this is important for the body of Christ. He says, and these signs will follow those who believe. The first thing is, in my name they will cast out devils. Now, I like this because he says that they were cast out devils, and he places this even before speaking in tongues or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So it is your covenant right and my covenant right as a believer to experience kingdom manifestation. Jesus said this, if I by the finger of God or by the Spirit of God do cast out devils, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. 
It is a sign that the kingdom of God has come to people when the saints of God walk in deliverance power and are used mightily to cast out devils. And I believe this isn't reserved just for some class or group of people within a local church. I believe every believer should cast out devils. Amen? I believe every believer. I believe it's your covenant right as a believer to cast out devils. To cast the devil out of people in Jesus' mighty name. He said, in my name to cast out devils. And one of the things that we've had a problem with in the church is that people are trying to figure out whether a Christian can be possessed, whether a Christian can have a demon and all these other things. Hey, listen, I, I say this very, I hope that everyone's clear. I, don't, I do not believe that a Christian can be possessed by a demon. There's no way they can be possessed because you are a tripartite type being. You are spirit, soul, and body. When, when the Spirit of God inhabits your spirit man, that means that there's no room for possession. But it doesn't mean that you cannot be oppressed or demonized. You better ask somebody. Because these demons will get in your soul realm and they'll get on your body. They'll try to inf- infest you in your emotions, in your thoughts, as many thoughts that we have in our minds sometimes. Some of this stuff's got to be a devil. Amen? I'm sorry. You better... And, and sometimes it, you have to watch it because it, it, it's, it's not a matter of semantics, it's a matter of theology. I can show you scripturally that the, the places where individuals who were believers experienced deliverance. And for us, in fact, Jesus said this, that deliverance is the children's bread. It is your right to walk in freedom and to experience total liberation from any demonic activity inside you and in your life. Any oppression in your life by the devil. God wants you to be free. And so he said, in my name they shall cast out devils. So my question, I don't care if it's a, if it's a believer or it's an unbeliever. If I see the devil, I'm casting him out. You can be in a dog, amen? We have to learn that, this, that, that the Bible is true. He said, in my name they shall cast out devils, okay? And so I cannot be possessed But I can be oppressed. And this is why the works of the flesh are so important. Because Jesus said this very clearly. He said, for God has not given you a spirit of fear. So there's clear that there's a spirit called what? His name is fear. And so these unclean spirits, they work together with your works of your flesh. If you're walking in, if you're con- continually living a lifestyle of lust, you can open the door for spirits of lust to come into your life. If you're constantly living a lifestyle where you're lying, the Bible says that God sent a lying spirit into the mouth of the prophets of, uh, of, 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 of King, I believe it's Ahab or one of those. He sent a lying, a lying spirit. So there are spirits that cause people to lie. They can't tell the, tr- the truth to save their life. Sometimes it's not just the flesh. Sometimes it's a spirit compelling people to do things and they need to stop. And God wants to liberate them from the spirit. And once the spirit is gone, then a person is fighting from a different advantage point and posture. Because now you're fighting from without, you're not fighting from within. Amen? Because the spirit has been ejected. So for all of us here, we want to make sure that we're clear on this because there are going to be times if we continue to repeat stuff and do it over and over again, the devil is going to sit back and say, well, this person likes to do this, so why don't I partner with them in doing it? But in this church, we believe in casting the devil out of people. 
in Jesus' mighty name because it's the sign of a believer and it's the sign that the kingdom of God has come unto you. Jesus, when he came on the scene, one of the first things that he did in the book of Marks is he took authority over demons, he bound the strong men, he cast the devil out, and he displayed his power over all the powers of the enemy. Amen? And we have to learn to get people to believe this and, and cause people to realize you don't have to be afraid of the devil. Jesus gave you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. He gave you power to overcome the devil. He gave you power to overcome it. And for us, we want to teach this openly. A lot of people, they're afraid to talk about it. They're doing it in the closet. Come on, let's take, let's take them back in the back room. We don't want anybody to see them. You know, hey, listen, Jesus cast the person out, the demon out right there in the synagogue. Check this out. This person is going to get free in Jesus' name. And my prayer is, is that for every person in this room that we value deliverance and we, we value the ministry of Jesus Christ. He says, in my name they shall cast out devils. They shall cast out devils. And some, some of us were struggling with stuff and we're wondering, why is it that I keep on having this same problem over and over and over and over again? It could be that there is a stronghold within you that needs to be broken by the power of God. And hey, there's nothing wrong with that. We all need help. It's pride that stops us from trying to get help while we creeping. We creeping and still bound up, and then we try to come to church. Woo, praise the Lord. And then go home and cry because we know we still we're repeat offenders. Amen. I mean, in some cases, it's just I need some deliverance in this area. I'm not going to, hey, I need to learn how to walk in the spirit that I may not fulfill the lust of my flesh. But you know what? I feel something binding me up here. I'm trying. It's not working. What's going on? It could be that a person needs deliverance. And the same thing with, 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 uh, with, with sicknesses. Not every sickness is caused but is the devil. But we have to realize in some cases, that's why I appreciate the doctors that we have in this church, because these people are filled, spirit fills, and they'll pray over people and tell them about the power of God. But the thing is, the Bible says in Luke chapter 13 that Jesus was dealing with a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. Jesus said, woman, thou art loosed from your infirmity. And then he goes down and he tells the Pharisees and Sadducees, should not this woman who is a child of Abraham be loosed from the bondage of Satan? And I'm paraphrasing this, what he says. It's her right to be free. And I want to say to you as a believer, it's your right to be free. God, Jesus died to make you free. He wants you to be totally clean and washed and filled with the precious Holy Ghost. Amen. He wants, when the devil comes back, he wants to see, he wants the house to be clean. When he comes back knocking on your door, you can say, hey, listen, this place is, is there, hey, listen, there's no vacancies here. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Not only in my spirit, but in my soul, in my mind, I'm full. So beat it, devil. You're not going to get me with lust. You're not going to get me with fear. You're not going to get me with pride. You're not going to get me with this stuff anymore. I'm full of God. And so what we want to do is teach this in a church because this is your covenant right and it's a sign of a believer. It didn't say this is a sign of the pastor. This is a sign of the, of the apostles. This is a sign of the believers. This is a sign of the believer. Do you believe? It's your covenant right. And so we have people in churches. We have, we have leaders that are falling and some of them are falling. They don't believe in deliverance ministry. But yet they're struggling with pornography. 
but yet they're homosexuals coming out of the closet, been struggling for years, and wouldn't accept the fact that, man, maybe I have this spirit of lust and a homosexuality, something in me that I need to be freed from. And pride stops a person from coming forth and saying, hey, man, I, hey, I'm not trying to, hey, listen, I just want to be right. I'm not trying to appeal to everybody. And in, in, and in churches, we, we don't teach this stuff enough. So we have Christians who look at their Christian experience, and it's always a struggle. It's, they're always striving, and they're wondering, why is it my, you know, I, man, he said abundant life. I'm not experiencing this. I'm not experiencing. What, what is it? Could it be in a certain area of my life that I need to be freed? I want Jesus to come in and drive out anything in me that is unlike him, and then teach me how to walk in the Spirit. This is what we want as believers. So we have to learn to teach this stuff in the church, outside of the church, and let people know that the kingdom of God is at hand. Amen? This is what Jesus did. And he was powerful. God used, the Father used him. It was controversial. A lot of people won't touch this, broach this subject because it's controversial. I don't want to have mess in my church. I don't want, hey, listen, create the boundaries. Set things in order. Come up with a protocol. Have procedures in place. Make sure you train the people, equip the people. Talk openly about deliverance. Let people know that, hey, listen, God wants to use you to cast the devil out of people. People come for prayer, and we, we sit there, oh, Lord, you know, help Johnny. He, he, he just really struggling with lust, and he's been struggling for 30 years, Lord. And, and I just, Lord, would you please touch him and, and just, God... Lord, bless him, Lord. Instead of saying, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I bind that spirit of lust, pornography, perversion. Come out of him. Loose him right now. Loose this man and let him go. In Jesus' name. Oh, glory to God. I feel it this morning. Come out of him. It's his right to be free. And to walk with God, struggling with alcohol all the time, always drinking, drinking every night. Can't go to sleep unless you're drinking. Something's wrong. There could be spirits of, of addiction and, and alcohol and uh, abacus and all kinds of stuff and revelry, drunkenness. Let's get it out of your life. In the name of Jesus, come out. Loose them now. I'm not afraid. You say, well, you know, I don't believe that. Hey, listen, we done cast it. There's too many deliverance. It's too late. We done cast the devil out of too many people. Now, you might want to go somewhere else if you don't believe in deliverance ministry. Because we've gone now. We've gone. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm gone. It's too late. So he says, in my name they shall cast out devils. So we want to make sure, and I want you to know that in this church we believe in this. And it's your right to experience this sign. Some of you, most of you have. But the bottom line is, embrace the sign that is following you. In his name, you will cast out and, and equip yourself. Allow the church to equip you so that when things happen, you're not in the dark about them. You understand. If you're in a situation on your job and someone is coming to you and always trying to harass you and you get the sense, go in your prayer closet or go somewhere and bind the devil in the name of Jesus. Amen. Bind you spirit of persecution. Now, don't call them the devil. Bind the spirit. In Jesus' name. 
Okay, we have to learn that we, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are carnal. We're fighting a spiritual enemy. And God has given you the power to overcome him. And this sign is your covenant right. Number one, he says, in my name they shall cast out devils. And this is exactly what the disciples, they did. And great joy came to cities. The next thing we see here, it says it. And these signs shall follow those who believe. Verse 17, in my name they shall cast out devils. And they will speak with new tongues. Now what he's referencing here is the baptism of the Spirit of God. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. Jesus, and, and, uh, in the book of John, he breathed on his disciples. He said, receive you the Holy Spirit. And, and the Spirit of God came into their life. Every believer in this room, you have the Holy Spirit in your life. But then he tells them to tarry in Jerusalem so that they can receive the promise which the Father had promised them. And so they go, to the, go into, to, into Jerusalem, and they're there. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, When the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power, and you shall be witnesses. Okay? And so the Spirit of God comes upon them, or the Spirit of God, he's telling them, is going to give them power. Acts chapter 2, we see the fulfillment of the promise. They're in the upper room. The Spirit of God comes in, tongues of fire. They're baptized in the Spirit of God. They are submerged, just like you're submerged in water. Jesus said that he wants to submerge you in the Holy Ghost. And, and, and the outward evidences of that is the antithesis to the Tower of Babel where God confused the languages. He gives you the language of the Spirit of God. And a person begins to pray in an unknown tongue as the Spirit of God gives them power or gives them the ability to do it and it is a sign that you've just been baptized or submerged in the spirit of God and God is empowering you to be more of a witness it's not that you weren't a witness but you're more of a witness because you've been submerged in the spirit of God then every person in this room should value the baptism of the Holy Spirit you may not understand it all but study the scripture because Peter, before he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, he denied the Lord. But when he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, he was empowered by God, and God used him. The external sign was speaking in the unknown tongue as the Spirit of God gave him evidence. And this is exactly what Jesus said. He said, this sign is going to follow you who believe. And this is exactly what happened to these individuals. They began to speak in new tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. And so for us here, we want this. I want, if this is a sign of the believer, then I want it. If the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a sign for the believer, then I want it. I want to be submerged in the Holy Ghost, and I want to pray with my understanding, and I want to pray with my spirit. I want to sing with my understanding, and I want to sing with my spirit. These are things that the, the Holy Spirit has been given to he he wants to do this for us and through us but we have to allow him to do it these signs shall follow those who believe the baptism of the holy spirit empowered by god praying with your understanding praying in the spirit we have to value it once again and teach people that this is a sign it's amazing to me i go to some churches and these churches their churches were started in 1906, started in 1918, 1917, started through the Azusa Street Revival. They were started 
through the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and the manifestation of power through the Holy Ghost. And now, a century later, these individuals, they won't, they don't even pray in the Holy Ghost. They just reserve it for some closet deal. And don't, shh, shh, shh. Don't tell anybody that I have the awesome power of God inside of me. And that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't want to offend anybody, do we? We have to learn not to despise our inheritance. Esau despised his inheritance because he just wanted his flesh satisfied. And many people, they despise their inheritance. They despise deliverance. They despise the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and as a pastor, I have a responsibility before God to tell people the truth, the whole truth. So help me God. A production of the Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. Now, there are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925 925- Two nine two seventy eight hundred. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community, twenty three thirty three Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California. The zip code nine four five five one. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. <laughs>